This is the Lost and Gone Podcast. Welcome, welcome. This is Grim. And I'm going to share with you a tale of what has never been and what could have been. Let us see what has never been. Walk down the hall with me and take a face from the ancient gallery. Let us begin at the start of what is known as the Great Raisining of 86. Back in the ripe old year of 1986, many weren't aware of what awaited them on their TVs on that day of June 19th. What we think of as TV was nowhere near what it is today, and simply put, there was no streaming or binging a show. This is at a time when something was on TV everyone knew about and talked about. They even had a different kind of TV that utilized cathode ray tubes to produce images. This was at a time when there was no real social media other than your co-workers or going to the diner with your friends on the weekends which meant that people had to go outside and touch grass. Meaning there weren't many channels to even choose on TV. And that is the mindset that we have to put ourselves in to understand how raisins became this popular. If the California raisins came on TV today, there is no chance that they would catch on. And that's because not everyone is forced to watch the same things and live in their own echo chambers. So now we know when, but now we must see why these raisins existed. So, when a few corporations controlled everything, you can see the exposure that was possible. All of this was a cunning plan by an advertising firm, Foot, Cone, and Belding, or FCB, for the California Raisin Authority Board, who at the time was sitting on too many raisins. The initial idea seems to have been put forward by a Seth Warner, who said that they had tried everything other than dancing, raisins, singing, I heard it through the grapevine. So the idea must have been popular, because that's exactly what they ended up doing. And it made a huge splash at the time, because everyone was trying to market through TV and have a space in your mind for their mascots. However, I would like to take a moment to really talk about another huge thing that solidified the raisins' popularity, and that was the king of pop deciding to work with them on a commercial. That's right. Michael Jackson. So how did these raisins get to work with the legend? Well, it turns out there's quite a bit of history there, and to begin to understand, you have to go to Disneyland. Well, actually, you just need to look at a short film, which was, and you're not going to believe me, unless you're the Force-sensitive type, that it was a movie written and executively produced by George Lucas. This also marks the first time MJ worked with another important person named Will Vinton, as he was in charge of the special effects for the movie. With all of them working on a short Disney science fiction film called Captain EO, which apparently was a 4D experience, which means that audience members in their seats experienced actual physical effects while watching the film. This is also how the two became acquainted, and he went on to do special effects for Michael Jackson's music video, Speed, for a little-known film called Moonwalker, which if you've never seen it, it's, uh, nothing you'd expect. So when Michael Jackson was asked to do a commercial for the California Raisins, he agreed, but only if he could work directly with Will Vinton. That, of course, led to some hilarious videos that you can still find on the internet to this day 
of MJ talking about how he wants the raisins to dance and how his raisin's going to be so cool. He's so cool that I'm fortunate that he's here. And that means that there's also a legendary commercial with Michael Jackson singing, I heard it through the grapevine, and may or may not have him throwing crotch glitter into the crowd leading to a strawberry fainting in the front row. But I'll let you find that on your own. However, we need to discuss the animator of the raisins. Wilson. Is largely regarded as one of the pioneers of modern-day claymation itself, and he is responsible for the creation of many beloved films and shows. But his studio admittedly took over most of the work, but that still is an extensive catalog. So, I'll stick with the big hitters. Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Return to Oz, Corpse Bride, and Sesame Street. Hell, it even looks like they had a hand in that nightmare that was the adventures of Mark Twain. So he honestly had a big hand at making a lot of shows and movies alike that we all cherish. But does anyone remember the TV show based on the California Raisins? Hell no. The California Raisins show was a show that he made, and it was about the everyday lives of the raisins and their antics. So with that out of the way, this leads us to the March of the Mascots that was the 80s and 90s. Everyone wanted to have a too cool mascot to market to kids and their parents, leading to so many it would take far too long to list them all. So we'll keep it simple and stick with the big names. Anyone ever heard of Chester Cheetah, or better known as Cheeto Cat, or Cool Spot from 7-Up, Pepsi Man? I don't think you need any help with figuring that brand placement out. Or the Noid from Domino's? But I'm willing to bet most of you may realize that this is more than just a sound off for mascots and their corporate backers. Something much more sinister is in the sinew that binds those names. That's right, video games that were made to shamelessly promote their brands, which leads us to the raisins in a room full of grapes, the California Raisins The Grape Escape, which was the casualty of the times the raisins found themselves in. Turns out their fame was fading, and wasn't getting younger generations of viewers in the mood for more raisins, and a certain studio would pay the price. But before we get into that, let's take a moment to talk about the NES. Or, for anyone living under a rock, the Nintendo Entertainment System. It was a huge breakthrough in the gaming industry, and it breathed new life into it after it had fallen so far. When a studio called Radiance decided to develop a game based on the anthropomorphic raisins, it was a gamble they couldn't have known they'd lose. Some video games are victims to mismanagement, budget constraints, acquisition, or someone didn't want to publish it. That's right, we have a situation to where this game was 99% done, and someone didn't think it would sell. Turns out this very game was going to be published by Capcom, who got cold feet due to the fact that Raisins hadn't sold particularly well in the 90s. So who knows, there could have been a universe where people could have had their weekends ruined by renting the Grape Escape instead of Dr. Jackal and Mr. Hyde. However, this of course is a case where I tell you that I actually played it. And how I got it? Well, if you must know... I sacrificed a hundred kids. And drank the devil's green blood and wished upon a black star. And there it was in its infernal glory, a ROM file on my computer. California Raisins, the Grape Escape, USA, Proto-1. 
I still have nightmares of what I put onto my hard drive. A bland electronic nightmare full of grapes awaited me. But to start, I want to talk about the visuals. And specifically, I mean the color palette. Which looks like someone tried to make the most out of water ruining their paint set. But in all honesty, I guess there was worse visuals out at the time than that. And it fits the levels that they made. Do you remember how I said that it was going to be published by Capcom? It would seem that the studio was in full-on simp mode and decided to make their game resemble one of Capcom's Mega Man, or Rock Man if you're Japanese. There was a total of five levels, and they are all brutal and hard as hell to finish without the use of save states. Ah. The list of these creative levels are The Factory, The Maze Maze, The Juicery, and The Grapevine. What's that, you say? It's four and not five. Oh, well that's a secret until you beat all the others. Okay, fine, I'll tell ya. It's just a level where you go to heaven, but we'll talk about it later. Now this game is very much a product of its time, and is a side-scrolling shooter with plenty of platforming, which is where most of your frustration comes to fruition and shows you how infuriating video games used to be. With the demand for laser-accurate input from the player to progress in certain areas, it quickly becomes lessons and ways to die. <coughs> your only way to stop the armada of grapes wishing to rehydrate you is your gun filled with grape jelly beans that just end up looking like grape juice. Now where did this raisin get grape juice? This is something that has perplexed me, but I think I understand it now. It must be from the grapes that they have already slain. Meaning that these grapes are being murdered with bullets that are filled with the blood of their loved ones. These raisins are truly demented. Doesn't this sound familiar though? As in, I am legend? Think about it. There's only one raisin left and he's murdering all the grapes without a second thought? But hey, at least he can moonwalk, right? That's gotta mean something. Honestly though, all the enemies in the game are all just different looking grapes doing different things. So when you've juiced one, you've juiced them all. But grape aside aside, let's talk about the first level, creatively named Factory. And a thorough slog through constantly respawning enemies and pipes that defy logic, and collecting music notes supposedly stolen by some disgruntled musicians called the Wild Bunch. After you make it through the first level, you have to fight a headband wearing banana, and make it through him trying to stop your rampage by tackling you. The next on my list of don't do it is the Maze Maze. This level will take you so many tries just to get past the first minute of, and will make you just turn it off. Remember how I spoke about the need of extreme precision? Well, every time you need to climb a pipe or a vine, you must press up at the exact moment that Great passes over the said object, or they will fall instantly. This means that you probably won't see the rest of the ruins and the great tiki people and their idol heads that cry with the blood of their flock as they try to resist opening the path for you that are helpless. Then you enter the sacred ruins of the grapes and proceed to make it through to the center chamber, pillaging and murdering as you go. Then you're intercepted by a hero that is a cob of corn and he tries to stop your fruity jihad as you quickly lay waste to the temple and its denizens leaving no grape behind. 
Another of these blatant murderous rampages is the grapevine, where you ascend a grapevine starting in a cave and the punk grapes with mohawks try to stop you but are no match for your gun. You proceed up and then you see the grapevine and all the grapes trying their best to stop you from climbing and poisoning their breeding grounds. They employ many tactics this time to try to stop the fruit aside. Their desperate attempts to stop you with their airplanes and bombs fail as you quickly rise, and they try an experimental device modeled after a human foot piloted by a lone brave grape. He wants to squish you, but he's no match for the uncaring sunglasses wearing raisin on his mission. Then not last, but certainly a sign of desperation, the grapes hide out in their last bastion of hope, the juicery, but to no avail as the termer raisin quickly finds them and proceeds down racks of juice and through the exploding bottles past the vats of juice until he slowly climbs their pipes and makes short work of their defenses until he is met with one last contraption made by the grapes an impervious barrel of grape juice who tries to halt the slaughter of his creators. But as we all know, it failed. The bricks upon which the barrel stood were weak and the raisin seized this advantage and he sends him tumbling down into the vats below and nothing could stop what comes next as he proceeds to complete his cruel task. Now, the raisin in his present state must do the impossible, and dare I say, slay a god? Can such a thing be done? We all know there's the age-old question of whether or not God could microwave a burrito so hot even he couldn't eat it, but never whether or not they can be fell. So the doom raisin suits up and moonwalks all the way to heaven and quickly kicks in the pearly gates and lays waste to all the grapes that have escaped into heaven and takes the fight to his grapiness himself. God Grape, knowing that the situation indeed is grim, decides to throw parts of himself at the intruder in a vain attempt to stop the madness. However, the apathetic raisin finds a flaw in this god's logic and attacks the vines in which his eminence uses to prolong the struggle. But all is for naught, as the vine breaks and the god falls from heaven, and all traces of grapes are extinguished as he splats upon falling to earth, leaving everyone to eat from his flesh and rejoice in his demise. Well, honestly, this isn't the real story behind the game. Apparently the Wild Bunch, which are the rivals of the Raisins, stole their music and kidnapped the other bandmates and hid them all over the place. Power-up time. There are power-ups and a health bar. And the health bar is the California Raisin Sun wearing sunglasses. And damn, he looks badass. You can collect these badass suns to replenish your health. Then you can also see the amount of lives you have left which honestly looks like someone kicked one of the raisins in their raisinettes and took a slow-motion video of it and capped the frame 0.5 seconds after impact. <laughs> so you have all these symbols floating around out there, but there is also another one, which is the invincibility symbol, which is the letter I in a bubble. So do I recommend that you seek this out and play it? Of course. Believe it or not, this game isn't far from the standard that games used to be held to. If it actually was released back in the day, it would have fit right in amongst its contemporaries. 
When you feel that you need a little bit of 90s gold, I would say you 100% should check out the commercials and all the things I mentioned. It may just help you put yourself back in the days of Saturday morning cartoons and the weekend blockbuster visits. So, for the last time, this has been grim and a story of what never was and what will never be. But before we end this bittersweet tale, let's visit Uncle Gork. My dear Celia, today I visited dear old Uncle Gork and he shared with me of his hoard of fork. Let me forewarn that it's odd for an orc to own a store, much the less a share of his hoard. To my dismay, a fork he made me take, and now my pasta is never the same. Look here, boy, this fork is great, and I'm feeling quite generous for an orc this day. Now my pasta I cannot eat, for this fork will torture me. As it twirls and curls, it will not lift up and forever be out of my world. Yes, you geek, for me you took a curse and it's the worst. Now your pasta is flat, or you can't be a. Struggle as I may, try as I might, the pasta will not come to bear, for a curse has me ensnared. Uncle Gork knew you'd take that there fork. For the love of terror, this fork is a terror. Dear Celia, write to me of yesterday, in all the pasta that will never come this day, forever your starchless friend. Gildas. Join me on my next adventure in a trip to the City of the Damned, where only the dead walk and their cries carry on the wind, with the sounds of their feet shuffling in the darkness. Now race forward with me and know that no matter what decisions we make, we'll hold newfound hope or endless despair. Well, this was my first episode ever, and I welcome you to tell me what you think about these raisins and their foray into the video game industry, and what you'd like to see next. If you'd like to listen to another hilarious podcast, check out the Secret Levels podcast. The two show hosts, Toby Von Doom and Goobs, are great and friendly people, and they make some truly great retro reviews for games I wouldn't dare subject myself to. You may also just meet the Goobs genie, and you'll learn why we don't touch things that are blue. Please leave a review and leave a line on what you'd like to see next. Until the next time we meet, remember, Always that you're not you when you're not yourself, and that's not okay.